Taiwan has reported one locally transmitted COVID case, the first in more than two months. It's the son of an Indonesian pilot who tested positive in Australia earlier this week. A co-worker of the pilot has also tested positive, and investigations are underway to determine the source of his infection. The two men attended the same prayer service at Taipei Grand Mosque last Friday between noon and 1 p.m. The mosque says it will suspend service for at least a week and will try to determine who was present for the service that day. Meanwhile, contact tracing is ongoing at China Airlines to rule out infections among cabin crew. There was an earlier case of a China Airlines pilot who tested positive in Australia, an Indonesian man in his 40s who flies cargo planes. On April 20th, he was confirmed positive. When we received the news, we started routine contact tracing here and discovered that two people he had been in contact with were also positive. Case 1090 is an Indonesian boy in his teens, a family member of the pilot who lives with him, who has not been outside of the country recently. Case number 1091 is an Indonesian man in his 50s who is one of the pilot's co-workers. On April 15th, after completing quarantine, he had tested negative. On April 21st, citing plans to return to Indonesia to see family, he took a self-paid test, which came back positive today. The CECC has determined that the pilot's son is a local case, the first in 73 days. Case number 1090 is a student who attends classes online from home. His classes are from Indonesia, so he has to study online. April 13th was the start of Ramadan, so he didn't go outdoors at all for food or drink. The center said that initial investigations showed the pilot had likely contracted the disease in Australia and then infected case number 1090 upon returning to Taiwan. With regard to case 1091, it remained unclear as to whether he had been infected by the pilot or the other way around. However, the center said the two men had recently visited the Taipei Grand Mosque on the same day. Cases 1090 and 1091, along with the pilot, had visited the Taipei Grand Mosque on April 16th between noon and 1 p.m. That day, while they were in the mosque, the two men had not interacted as they were in different parts of the mosque. While leaving the mosque, they bumped into each other in the parking lot, and Case 1091 rode home in the pilot's car. That day, there were 400 people in attendance at the mosque, but since the building can only hold 200 at a time, 200 people were outside and 200 were inside. The Taipei Department of Health on Thursday evening dispatched personnel to the Taipei Grand Mosque. The mosque said that all visitors are required to wear masks and have their temperatures checked, but since February, they have not been required to provide their names on entry. It said it would look into who attended prayers on April 16th and would suspend prayer services for at least one week. One week earlier, two other China Airlines pilots tested positive for COVID, but authorities said it remained unclear whether they were connected to the current infected pilot's case. For now, the center said it would need to test 1,270 airline personnel. Labor groups held a press conference outside a legislative yuan on Friday not to protest but to thank lawmakers for passing a highly anticipated bill on occupational accident insurance. This bill supports the prevention of occupational accidents as well as affecting workers' compensation and rehabilitation, thereby integrating related measures into a special law. Labor groups have asked for this law for more than 10 years. 
Passing this bill ahead of Labor Day on May 1st is undoubtedly one of the most important, most meaningful gifts for Taiwan's labor force. Occupational accident protection was one of the six major planks of Tsai's first presidential campaign. Today, it has been realized at last. Of course, after this, there will be much secondary legislation and many supporting measures that must be implemented. I know that civic organizations like ours will exercise oversight over this process to the end. Currently, occupational accident insurance is regulated by the Labor Insurance Act, which says that employers with fewer than five workers do not need to insure them. This exemption is removed in the new law. This means that insurance will be required for Taiwan's 230,000 migrant workers who work as caregivers. The new law also protects temp workers, such as construction crew. Employers who fail to insure their workers in accordance with the law will be fined a maximum of 100,000 Taiwan dollars. Environmental activists say they're disappointed with Thursday's meeting with the president over the liquefied natural gas terminal project at Datan in Taoyuan. At the meeting, President Tsai said the government was searching for alternatives to the project, which environmentalists argue could harm a nearby LG reef. According to the activists, no consensus was reached. At Tsai's meeting with environmental groups on Thursday, the controversial LNG terminal project was on the agenda. Tsai emphasized that the terminal project was intended to reduce air pollution. The Datan LNG terminal and algal reef protection campaign are two environmental protection projects that must be balanced. Restarting nuclear power plant number four is neither possible nor feasible. We have accelerated our evaluation process for alternative solutions, and we hope that you all will remain open to all the possibilities. After the meeting, my immediate feeling was extreme heavy-heartedness. We brought up the question of stopping work on the project, asking whether the government could make the announcement. I have always said that President Tsai is an uninvolved party. Today, I must reiterate that statement. During the meeting with environmentalists, the presidential office proposed adjusting the location of the terminal but keeping it in Datan, but the two sides failed to reach a consensus on the relocation. I invited Tsai to visit Datan's Algo Reef next Thursday. Her response was that she would have to check her schedule, although she would like to go. At an appropriate time and in an appropriate way, we will go to the site to improve our understanding of the situation. The presidential office did not immediately accept the invitation. It emphasized that it was working to balance economic development with environmental sustainability. It also said it would respect the outcome of the August 28th referendum on the terminal project. The KMT panned its response. The impression she gave was that she's an uninvolved party. How did that happen? Because when the environmentalists made demands or suggestions, it seems that President Tsai did not respond directly. That makes people think that the point of this meeting was to appease the activists with a pat on the head. Three weeks ago, I had already instructed the relevant ministries to collect and assess the views of all interested parties in hopes of formulating the best solution. Once we have a result, it will be made public. The premier said the government would face the suggestions of environmental groups with humility as it strives to balance environmental sustainability and energy generation.
A global shortage of silicon chips is hitting the tech industry at all levels. Many of Taiwan's biggest tech companies say they've been affected by the crisis. Some have been forced to stop taking orders until they can secure their supply of parts. The shortage does reflect, however, an unprecedented surge in demand for tech products. Experts say the crisis provoked by the pandemic might not be ironed out until at least 2022. Taiwan's high-tech industry may be at its strongest point in 30 years. Taiwanese chips are sought after worldwide, but the shortage of parts is infecting production lines across the industry. Now, even microcontrollers or MCUs are running short. MCU makers Holtec Semiconductor have given customers notice that they will no longer take orders for 2022. They plan to resume taking orders in mid-May after a new delivery of chips. Customers who've already put down deposits on orders may have the delivery dates renegotiated. The wafers used in cars are MCUs, so naturally, related electric products are running short. Secondly, of course, wafers are rising in price. The manufacturing of components, wafer testing and packaging are all getting more expensive. So that creates even greater shortages for wafers, both those used in cars and more generally. The domino effect of shortages has now swept throughout the tech industry. Barry Lam, chairman of Quanta, has publicly moaned about the problem. And Honghai chairman Yang Liu says the crisis will not be resolved until the second quarter of 2022. Pegatron chairman Tong Zixi also revealed the situation has hit his company. A shortage of parts is a very troubling state for an industry. We would define it as a sweet but very difficult situation. At the consumer end of the industry, end-user products like laptop computers are still growing in sales, as are internet connection products. Don't forget that information centers are still needing servers and all of those need lots of chips. Electric cars started growing fast this year. That's something car manufacturers never expected. So, given all this, we can predict there will be no resolution to these shortages in the short term. The shortages have led some companies to take more orders than they can fulfill, as well as big price rises and the growth of related stocks. The unprecedented boom of high-tech looks set to be a bumpy ride for the next couple of years. The government says it's found no new cases of lumpy skin disease since eight cows were diagnosed in New Taipei last week. Authorities say 180,000 vaccine doses ordered from an overseas vaccine bank arrived in Taiwan Thursday evening. The vaccines have already been distributed and all cattle will be inoculated as early as next Wednesday. When asked about the effectiveness of the vaccines, Council of Agriculture Deputy Minister Huang Jingcheng said they were used successfully in Jingmen last August. He said the week the vaccines were administered, there were no new cases of lumpy skin disease. In addition, the vaccinated cattle showed no side effects. The official said he is confident that the latest outbreak of lumpy skin disease will be quickly brought to heel. Students are putting in the finishing touches on an ambitious art project at a riverside park in Ilan. One year in the making, it's a massive mural featuring Ilan in the 20th century. The map is reminiscent of the famous Song Dynasty painting along the river during the Qingming Festival. It's created by the Fine Arts Department of National Zhanghua University of Education. Let's hear from the Ilan County Commissioner. 
I hope that through this artwork, people can get to know their hometown and how people used to live here. Elan River is like our mother, having given birth to the cultural history of Elan, which is extremely rich. To know how advanced a local civilization is, you need only look at its culture to know the degree of progress. The mural is 30 meters long and 6 meters wide and is composed of more than 6,000 porcelain tiles. The work adds a vibrant splash of color to the riverside and presents the history of Yilan in all its splendor. And now for most of news reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to the latest Instagrammable beauty spot in Taipei. It's a stunning floral carpet of nearly 87,000 seasonal blooms, a hidden gem on the edge of the city. We're currently at the Zhongzhen Riverside Park. The floral sea spans 2,425 square meters. That's equivalent to about five basketball courts. Red and pink four-season begonias, chrysanthemum, maidenhair fern, and purple petunia are blooming at the Zhongzhen Riverside Park. Lots of locals are out on their bikes to enjoy the view. It's, it's very pretty here. Um, it's, it's nice to, when you're riding your bike, to just stumble upon a place like this, you know. It's a nice surprise. <laughs> we are a family. We rode here from Xingjian to do some traveling. Next to the Floral Sea, there is also a children's playground that is currently under construction. The playground is expected to open this summer. I passed by one flower field first. My friend said that there is an even more beautiful flower field ahead, so we rode our bikes over. It's more colorful here, and I feel that both adults and children will like it. Once visitors enter the gate, they can walk 1.1 kilometers to reach the Floral Sea in about 15 minutes. The best viewing period is from now until the end of May. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi in Taipei. Typhoon Sergei is tracking away from Taiwan after making its closest approach on Thursday. Forecasters say a parade of weather fronts will move in starting Sunday, bringing a chance of plum rains for five consecutive days. Although there could be brief showers in central and southern Taiwan, forecasters say they're unlikely to relieve the drought. Cloud cover hangs over northern Taiwan, with occasional gusts of wind keeping temps cool. Through Saturday, the periphery of Typhoon Sergei will blow moisture to the north and east, where there could be brief showers. Drought-stricken areas south of Taichung, which are on the leeward side of the island, are expected to remain dry on Saturday, but limited relief could arrive next week. The front's eastward shift could bring a round of rain from Sunday to next Monday. Another round could hit next Thursday, a very brief one that will pass in about a day. There will be a chance of rain across the island next Thursday. And throughout this whole time, there will be a chance of afternoon thundershowers too. But they'll be very localized, without delivering much rainfall. There will be a chance of sporadic showers in northern and eastern Taiwan, as well as mountainous regions of central and southern Taiwan, ushered in by a string of fronts. But these weather fronts are unlikely to be strong, which means it's too soon to hope for an end to the drought. By May, we'll start to see a greater frequency of afternoon thundershowers in mountainous regions of the west coast. However, this type of afternoon thundershower will not necessarily cover a wide area. And so, we can only say it's better than nothing. 
Amid Taiwan's worst drought in decades, only Feitui Reservoir has remained unscathed, with capacity at 72 percent. Deji and Zinwen Reservoirs are now below 10 percent, and Taoyuan's Shimen Reservoir is just over 20, even after showers that fell Friday morning directly over the catchment area.